0: Welcome to These Are My People, a podcast about finding, building, and engaging your audience. These Are My People asks artists and entrepreneurs to share their stories, strategies, and what they've learned on the road to reaching their true fans. These Are My People is a podcast produced by Smart House Creative, a marketing and digital strategy agency in Seattle, Washington. Hi there and welcome to These Are My People, the podcast about finding and keeping your audience. My name is Brad Wilkie. I'm one of the co-founders of Smart House Creative. I'm joined today by Sam Berliner, the festival director of Translations, Seattle Transgender Film Festival, and a filmmaker uh, in his own right whose films have screened at festivals all over the world. So uh, Sam and I are gonna talk about Translations. What to expect uh, at this year's fest? What to keep an eye out for? And also a little bit of the history of the festival, and then uh, a bit about finding the audience and growing the festival. Uh, you know, since Sam's been with the festival, it's you know by multiple factors. You know, I'm sure like I don't know how many X's, but it's grown by quite a bit. He's you know really done a good job with it. Uh, full disclosure, like uh, Smart House has worked. Uh, with translations and uh, presenting organization $3 bill cinema here in Seattle but you know it's not gonna you know I don't think there's gonna be any political conflicts of interest there so uh, Sam welcome
1: thank you I really really appreciate you coming and chatting
0: yeah great thanks for taking the time to uh, to talk so uh, let's talk about translations so you've been with the festival for six years yep and uh, what do you know about the previous years before uh, you were there because the festival's in its 13th 13th year. That's that's great. That's great to hear. So let's hear a little bit about the history of Translations. Totally. So
1: Translations was started actually as part of the Gender Odyssey Conference which is the transgender conference that happens in Seattle every August Um, and one year they decided they wanted to show some movies So they reached out to $3 Bill and programmed some movies together at the conference. The next year, they did the same thing. And the next year, it grew out of the conference into its own program through $3 Bill.
0: That's really interesting how those kind of things that, you know, now I would consider, you know, something of a cultural institution. I'd like
1: to think so. Right?
0: And and in moving toward that direction, at least. And, you, you know, you hear the humble origins where, you know, it's not like somebody was like, we need to start a, a transgender film festival. Right. It was more that it was organically filling a need totally. in the community. So what about that community uh, did you see, especially as, as uh, additional needs or gaps that were there that you thought translations might be able to address, and, and how did you grow the festival you know, since taking over as the festival director?
1: Yeah. So I think the main part about translations that drives me to keep doing the work is the same reason why the festival started, which is, I think, the representation of transgender and gender non-conforming people on screen um, is really, really powerful for those audiences. Uh, To see yourself um, up on the screen, just... It gives you this amazing feeling. Like, I am... I'm here. I exist. Other people exist just like me. It's a it's a very powerful experience. So that's my main goal, and I think that's probably why they wanted to show some films originally, um, because not only is it seeing stories that you can relate to, but it's also like learning about other trans people all over the world who have similarities to your story, but actually it's quite different culture to culture. Um, so there's a lot to learn and a lot of like positive feelings that come with the screenings
0: yeah some of the the documentaries especially the short documentaries that you screen are you know present such a wide spectrum of experience and you know we're starting to see more and more of that in uh you know i would say mainstream culture i think transparent is Definitely. a big example of that and last year uh, you had alexandra billings here for a, a special was that last
1: year here before
0: maybe it was two years ago Maybe it was oh my goodness! I'm not even sure
1: anymore.
0: See, it is a culture. You know, it's been around for that <laughs> long, right? But you you bring in very positive uh, people, like representations, yeah. and I think that goes a long way. Especially, so let's talk a little bit about like what might be, you know. We talk about the the trans community as a specific audience for the film festival, but what about the the general? You know, just like the average film goer who's doesn't necessarily identify with that community. um, But what can they expect to see or or what you know, why do you love it when, you know, somebody who, you know, is outside, you know, technically of that community? What you know, what do they experience and how do you envision that or how do you uh, shape that for them?
1: Definitely. Um, So our primary audience is transgender people um, and our allies uh, and beyond that, of course, all kinds of gender nonconforming, nonbinary, non-binary, all those identities, of course, that's, that's our focus. Um, but beyond that, we definitely want this to be a festival that is welcoming to everyone. Um, because like I said, this media is powerful for those who can relate to it personally, but it's also a really good educational tool. Um, I think film has a very unique way of um, helping people with empathy just totally naturally. You just sit there and the film washes over you and you relate to the people on the screen. I think it's a really powerful tool. So um, one of the ways that we reach out to folks who might be new to the community is, uh, it's actually our second year of doing it, we have a How to Be a Trans Ally workshop at the festival. Um, And people can come to that and there's no dumb questions. like. We have it facilitated this year by folks from Gender Diversity who run the Gender Odyssey Conference. So that partnership is still really strong. Um, And we just want people to feel like they can engage with this in a safe space.
0: I think that's quite honestly an amazing idea and sounds like a a great resource. So somebody who's listening to the podcast now who might not be able to join us here in Seattle for the festival... What are some film, especially film-related resources, and then maybe a couple general resources? Sure. You, know, you don't have to give web, you know, as much information as you could in a, you know, in a, a short amount of time, but uh, <laughs> what's out there for, for people who are not part of that community, like we're talking about, yeah. to access and learn?
1: That's a great question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is actually a book, um, and it's called The Gender Book. It's Easy to remember. (laughs) Um, Just Google it. And I think it's actually thegenderbook.com. And what they did was because they want this resource to be accessible to everyone, they even have it as a downloadable PDF on their website. Um, And this is a really, really clear, um, well-designed, and also kind of fun little book on if you just want to get your feet wet and you're really new to trans concepts, this is a really great way to go so I definitely recommend the gender book you can also like actually buy the actual book as well through their website um, and then in terms of other resources it turns out that there's trans stuff everywhere mm-hmm. um, and we live in a really awesome time for that
0: yeah yeah or what about like a, you know like a cultural site that you know would cover film or music or from the trans community is there anything like that I think we should make that Brad (laughs) there you go like that's how those things happen right we said the humble beginnings yeah but I mean if you think that's a you know any anybody who's out there who thinks that might be a good idea you should get in touch with Sam (laughs) yeah or you know start doing it because it sounds like that's you know if somebody would know if there's a resource like that it would probably be Sam so yeah that's
1: But there's a whole (laughs) lot of stuff. Like if you go, if you're looking for films, um, Netflix and Amazon, they've got a ton of material. YouTube, there's tons of stuff out there that's just online for free because people want the content to be seen. Uh, PBS.org, they've had a lot of content over the years that have to do with transgender stories. Um, Yeah, there's just, there's a wealth of information. and it would be a great idea to put it all in one place, yeah.
0: (laughs) Great to hear, yeah. So um, a couple more questions here, uh, more specifically maybe around marketing. Uh, What are your primary channels Hmm. that you connect with your audiences?
1: My favorite one is through our co-presenter program. Mm -hmm. So uh, $3 Bill and Translations partners with different organizations in the Seattle area uh, to help spread the word about the festival. And so uh, all kinds of organizations that um, mostly have to do with LGBT things, but not only. Um, And so like Lambert House is one of them, and Seattle Counseling Service is one of them, um, and Pride Foundation. And so we partner with them. And they get the word out about the festival to their folks, and then they come to the festival, they table at the festival so that our audience learns about what they do, they speak before the film so the yeah. audience learns about what they do, and it's this beautiful cross pollination that happens. So that's like my favorite way to get the word out, um, especially because it's word of mouth.
0: Um, yeah, it's you, personal. The, yeah, it makes a huge difference when people hear about something from a source that they trust or have had success with in the past. Exactly. You can't get much better than a, a close friend or yeah. a, a peer, a co-worker, et So that's that sounds like a great program. Any yeah. other ways that, you know, like uh, social media, sure. any, any sort of uh, special apps that might be more focused on the trans community?
1: again, Brad, (laughs) you should make these things. Um, We definitely use social media, thank you. Uh, So we're on Facebook, Um, we're we're on Facebook as $3 Bill Cinema, we're on Facebook as translations colon Seattle Transgender Film Festival. And if you go through those channels, you can find the event page um, for the festival itself this year. Uh, we're also on Instagram at $3billcine and it's a number three um, and our hashtag for translations is translations ff, as in film festival.
0: And just by the way, that's a great uh, evergreen hashtag. Yeah. So if anybody's listening, I would recommend and you see here in practice of using a, a hashtag that's more about the festival name than it is about the specific year. Totally. Now, you should probably track... All of those, because there will certainly be audience members that, you know, will likely, you know, hashtag translations FF18 or translations 18. Yeah. But I think having something that you don't have to worry about the year or the, you know, sort of becoming uh, too lengthy or, you know, it's it makes a lot of sense. So that's that's great to hear. So that's another tip for you at home. Uh, So let's talk about your own filmmaking career and how. You know, you went from a fledgling filmmaker to somebody who maybe had, you know, audience members or fans that were, you know, even at festivals that we're looking forward to or even in the film community, like mm-hmm. not maybe the general public, but where people would look forward to your next effort. Yeah. And then, how did you, you know, work to or or if you did or didn't, because I know you've been making films, you know, before social media existed. So sure. it's a different time then. But what have you found works for you? You know to stay in touch with people that might be interested in your work uh,
1: okay um so there was a lot of questions in one
0: yeah so let's boil it down <laughs> to the final one like what okay. has worked for you to keep you know sort of uh, out in front of your audience yeah
1: um the biggest way i do it is through social media um facebook for now is still my primary tool
0: and how do you use it do you have a like a Sam Berliner filmmaker page? Or ah, produc- like
1: so my film company, which is just me, is Donut Films, D-O-N-U-T Films, because uh, my last name Berliner means jelly donut in German.
0: Ah, that's, and so- you know what, that's <laughs> funny because I would never have guessed that. I just thought Donut Films was just, you know, people come up with all sorts of I know. production company names. But yep, that's why. <laughs> that's a funny connection.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> Donut Films has its own uh, Facebook page. And then uh, each film over the years had its own Facebook page, but I realized over time that it was better to just have the one.
0: Yes, Um, that's another great uh, tactic and approach.
1: Like a hub.
0: Yep. And then
1: have postings and little events that have to do with specific films, but otherwise go back to the hub. In the same way that I used to have different websites for each film, now I have donutfilms.org. Because someone stole, no, someone was not using .com <laughs> and wanted me to buy it, and I said no. So anyway, donutfilms.org yep. is like the hub for all of that.
0: Yeah, and that, again, you know, creating those sort of uh, hubs, as, as Sam described, that's a great term for it, and that's, you know, term of art actually in the marketing industry. Oh, really? So, <laughs> so you're, yeah, you're, all right. you know, a lot of times people know more than they think they know about <laughs> this kind of stuff, but, uh, yeah, kind of creating an umbrella brand as such as your production company or, you know, if it's just you, you know, a kind of a homepage and then all of the projects underneath that because that's, you know, a perfect example of what we call filmmaker first philosophy that we talk to, um, uh, you know clients and friends and just any you know at, at workshops you know we're, we're doing uh if you're in the seattle area tacoma area we're doing a, a workshop on may 3rd at the university of washington tacoma we're presenting our mm-hmm. uh, bridging the indie gap workshop which is a lot of these kind of ideas but you know just just talking about being able to put yourself out in front of projects so yeah. people know that the filmmaker sam berliner berliner is going to have a wide array of projects this one specific project doesn't necessarily define them, right? But it's part of the body of work. Yeah, you know, and that's, like that's really the way you, yeah, you know, and I, I absolutely, and I use that word a lot myself, and I think a lot of people sometimes can be, you know, a little bit, you know, wary of calling themselves a brand. But no matter how you look at it or how you describe it, that's basically, you know, if you're participating in public activities like yeah. that or artistic cultural activities, you know, people might care if you're especially if you're doing something of note totally so something to, something to keep in mind
1: another thing i definitely utilize is business cards
0: ah um, old school yeah <laughs> so which isn't that old school but <laughs> but, it, but it can be for you know it is pretty typical in the business community yeah. but not so much in the artistic community and right. i think that makes a huge difference so yeah go ahead
1: yeah go ahead. so like when i have a new film I'll make a card for that. But I'll, obviously, it'll also say donutfilms.org on that card. Um, and so I bring those with me whenever I go to screenings. Um, because you never know, there's a programmer from another festival who wants to get in touch. Easy, give them a card. Um, yeah. And they're fun, they're flashy, there's lots of websites you can get them from. I could say the one I get mine from, but a Maybe I'm not supposed to. I don't
0: know. Oh, go ahead. Okay, cool. Moo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get business cards from Moo also. <laughs> I love those cards. Yeah. The, you know, we have a, a square design, ah. and people always comment on it. They're yeah. like, oh, that's a cute card. You know, like, or yeah. whatever they end yeah. up saying, is like memorable. like that
1: little
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those cards so. are memorable. And, you know, even if somebody loses it, they may still recall that card. You know, like, they'll right. put that name yeah. to the card, perhaps. Yeah. You know, so it's all about you know, technically speaking, raising awareness uh, about your brand, about your work, about your project. So, yeah, these are all all great tips. When promoting your project, it can sometimes feel like you're shouting into the void and nobody's listening. Smart House Creative is here to help. Visit smarthousecreative.com to learn more and get started today. That way, the next time you're shouting into that void, we'll make sure people are listening. What about an email list? Yeah,
1: so I technically have a mailing list for donut films. Um and I will further utilize it when I start my next project.
0: Oh, well, why um, we but talk at about the them. moment
1: it's yeah. a little it's taking a nap.
0: Sure. <laughs> and you know, and sometimes it makes sense to sort of pause operations between projects, but yeah. something else to keep in mind is that, you know, if you are certain that you'll be continuing you know, taking on new projects or coming up with new projects, then it's always a good idea just to every once in a while, you know, to check in with like a newsletter, like an update. Even once a quarter can, can a be good, idea. which, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it'll still be like when you end up having to do it. You'd be like, I don't have any time to do this, even right. though you've like, been planning for four months but, right. or three months. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is worth uh, doing. And, you know, from our perspective, we found a lot of success with our monthly mm. e news. Uh, So, you know, it's definitely something you want to do because it goes right to somebody's inbox and uh, it's permission marketing. They've opted into this, hopefully. And, you know, it's a lot different than social, especially with Facebook changing its algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. You never know what those third party platforms will end up doing. So, you know, along with the idea of the filmmaker first concept, you also want to own your audience, quote unquote, as much as possible. And the best way to do that is by keeping them on your own web properties and yep. kind of in your wild garden instead of Facebook or, or Twitter's, yeah. you know, those, those audiences could vanish overnight. It's true. Almost literally. So uh, well, that's great. Do you want to talk about that uh, upcoming project that you sure. mentioned? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, so let's I've, uh, it.
1: it's been on on the, the table since 2013.
0: Um, that means it's got staying power.
1: That's true. Uh, so, my previous project, or two projects ago, uh, was the first episode in a web series. Uh, it's called Dating Sucks A Gender Queer Misadventure. <laughs> and it's an animated documentary about how I suck at dating. And that was my thesis for graduate school. And then I had to take a break from that, and I made a film that didn't have to do with me and wasn't myself sitting in my bedroom animating something about me. For years. Instead, I made a film about other people. So I made a short film called Float, which is an experimental short film shot totally underwater of trans and gender queer people swimming naked, set to a really beautiful piece of music. And there's no talking, I'm not in it, totally different. Uh, and since then, people have said, hey, when's the next Dating Sucks coming out? Uh, for quite a while. And I took on more work at $3 Bill Cinema with translations and everything. So it's been on hold. But, fear not. <laughs> episode two has at least been begun this year, 2018. I started working on it. All right. Um, I have all the outlines for all the future episodes. I have all the material to make the animations. I just need to get the... Um, get the outlines shorter and right. And then I can start making my
0: next film. All right, yeah. well, that's great. It, you know, it's a creative process, we call it. So <laughs> it certainly is. Some, some are longer <laughs> than others, but hopefully yeah. they all end up coming to a completion at some point. Oh, it will. <laughs> so uh, kind of in closing here, what are some films that you might recommend? Yeah, uh, In the Translations Festival.
1: Totally so uh opening night this year
0: is (laughs) what are the dates again like what let's hear a little basic background on the festival not the history but where people can find the schedule what the dates are yeah Yeah.
1: so translation seattle transgender film festival returns this year may 3rd through 12th our primary location is at the erickson theater on capitol hill it is around the corner from the egyptian theater and um we have other venues throughout town, um, but that's our main one, and that's where the box office will be. And you can find tickets and information at translationsfilmfest.org. Also, we didn't even say it's the world's largest transgender film festival.
0: You know, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. that's actually important, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of awesome yeah it's huge
1: we can never be the oldest (laughs) you can't get older than someone but you can grow
0: yeah which is the oldest film uh, festival transgender film festival
1: that's the one in San Francisco yeah what's the name of it Uh, the San Francisco Transgender Film Festival I don't actually know if they have a the or not (laughs) (laughs) Um, they started I want to say in 97 I could be wrong oh wow Yeah, yeah that's
0: great Uh, So Um, what what films uh, should people look out for?
1: Totally. So opening night is a film called Man Made. Uh, So again, that's Thursday, May 3rd um, at 7 p.m. at the Erickson Theater. Um, And Man Made is a feature length documentary film by trans director T. Cooper. And it follows a group of f to m bodybuilders, trans men who are working on their muscles, but also... It's a beautiful metaphor for becoming a man and what defines being a man. Um, And it's a really fantastic documentary that goes into the lives of the different participants and covers a really wide range of topics that all these guys are facing in their lives. And it's amazing that it's all in one film. And some of the topics are homelessness, being adopted, finding your birth parent, parenting as a transgender person and what your kids call you, transitioning within a relationship and what the other person in the relationship is feeling and doing, all kinds of things. So it's gonna be an amazing, amazing screening. The filmmaker will be there. One of the subjects will be there who will also be performing at the party afterwards. He'll be singing um, and it is only the third time that the film will have been screened. So we're getting it real early in its festival run it just won a big award in atlanta where it premiered and we couldn't be more excited
0: that sounds like a film not to be missed yes any others that you want to highlight <laughs>
1: definitely sorry that was a long
0: one. Oh, that's good that's good
1: um so other films that i want to highlight uh we have a lot of guests that are coming to the festival um and films that have guests it would be awesome to give them a warm Seattle welcome. Um, And so some of those that I'm really excited about are one of our shorts programs. It's called uh, Live In Your Power Shorts, which is funny because it feels like a little pair of shorts. But it's Live (laughs) In Your Power Shorts. Um, And so this is a collection of films, of short films, that are about really inspiring trans people who are just living authentically and with power and with confidence, and it's very inspiring. So that's Live In Your Power shorts. That one takes place on May 5th at 2.30 p.m. at the Ericsson. I also want to give a really big shout out to a film that we have the world premiere of. Um, It's called I Am They, and it's a feature documentary from the UK. And it is the world premiere, and both the subjects will be here in person. And it's about navigating being non-binary, which is something that is getting a whole lot more attention these days. And I'm really excited that we have something with feature-length content talking about that. Um, We also have another film called They not to be confused, they're both awesome and they both have to do with non-binary people. It just goes to show like, where culture is at right now that we have two. Um, and then the other thing I really wanted to make sure I mentioned was we are partnering with Velocity Dance Center to bring a amazing dance performance called The Missing Generation by Sean Dorsey Dance. Um, they're gonna be here during the festival across the street at Velocity Dance Uh, They will be there May 3rd through 6th, and it's at 7.30 each night. And so I'm a filmmaker. I'm not a dancer. In fact, I feel awkward dancing. (laughs) But uh, my friend years ago brought me to a Sean Dorsey dance performance, and I let myself feel awkward and giggly for five minutes, and then I relaxed into it, and it blew my mind.
0: So it's an interactive performance were you the no, audience or you just were moved
1: I was I was literally moved. that's confusing. I was <laughs> emotionally moved yeah um, because this is not you know as a filmmaker this is not my medium but the way that Sean Dorsey makes his performances um, drew me in. And so he's done a number over the years. he's traveled the world. he's won a ton of awards and so this current project, uh, the Missing Generation is about the um, early survive- the long-term survivors of the early AIDS epidemic, mm. um, and what he does is he travels around and he collects audio interviews with people, um, and he pieces them together in this beautiful soundtrack with original music, and then he choreographs dance to that with a troupe of dancers, and. Um, seriously this is not to be missed it's so special i've literally been trying to get sean dorsey during translation since i started working here (laughs) um and it's finally happening so very cool definitely definitely check that out
0: all right so sounds like quite a lineup this year for Translation seattle transgender film festival and uh it was a real pleasure having the festival director sam berliner here to uh, talk about it and talk about his own career and uh finding his audience these are my people Is a podcast produced by smart house creative a marketing and digital strategy agency in seattle washington